Now we have sound? I think we have sound. Yep. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Community Time Gaming, a community-driven podcast devoted to discussing the latest and greatest from the world of gaming. Not only are we going to talk about games, but you, the viewer, have the opportunity to get involved, post comments, live in chat during stream, and let your voice be heard. Gaming is about doing things together, and this podcast is no different. If you can't make it to the live stream on Mixer, make sure you check out the show via YouTube at youtube.com slash TV or any podcast service you deem worthy. Let's do it. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you to my big, my big man, Stargaze, for uh, developing our little intro. It was short. It was sweet. It was concise. It was tight. It was good. So if you guys like that little intro, whether you're listening or watching, make sure you send a big shout out to my man, Stargaze. Thank you so much. But we are back. Thank you so much, everyone, for being here. I appreciate that. We had a little hiccup in the beginning. I accidentally went in on mute, and then I had to restart. But that's okay. Yes, there is a two-minute version of the intro, and we'll get there. Death Venom is in chat. Man, he has been out of business. He says, oh, hi, how are we? Uh, sorry I've been away. Been rather slightly ill, rather bad. Uh, I heard. I heard. I'm really glad you're feeling good. Guys, we're going to hop right into it. I don't want to mess around because we don't have time for that kind of nonsense. I'm just kidding. I love you. But we're getting into it right away. I just wanted to say thank you for being here. It's January, uh, and CTG is better than it ever was. We've got intros. We've got stories. We've got schedules. Things are going to be good. We're looking to do this show twice a week. Now, I'm not going to get to it twice a week every week, but I think I can do pretty well, at least for the foreseeable coming weeks slash months. So I'm very excited about that. So... Let's get right to it with the news. I know you guys are all super interested in interesting gaming things, so let's talk about it. There has been lots going on over the past like week or so, so I decided to grab some stories from last week, from this week, from today, uh, as much as I could. So we'll see what we can get to. Thank you again, everyone who is in chat. It's great to see you all. Uh, for those who haven't been here before, my name is Ty Fighter. This is Community Time Gaming. This is a podcast that we're making for people listening, and if you also have things to uh, say as a part of what we're talking about for the news stories, please feel free to post them in chat, and we will talk about them and have a good time, hopefully. So, let's get right to it. Guys, via Polygon, have you ever played Alien Isolation? I know you have. I know I have. A really scary alien-focused game. Well, get excited. There is a sequel coming, but it is not the kind of sequel you may have expected. This is via Polygon, and we're uh, thanking my man, Michael McWhorter, for this story. A new Alien game is coming to mobile. Survivor horror game Alien Blackout will star Amanda Ripley, daughter of Ellen Ripley and the protagonist of 2014's Alien Isolation, when it comes to Android on iOS devices on January 24th. Try to stay alive while trapped aboard a crippled Wayland yutani space station carrying a deadly xenomorph as it tirelessly hunts you and the crew, reads the official description of Alien Blackout. Quote, outsmart the perfect hunter by making uh, perilous choices. Players must rely on damaged controls of a space station or risk sacrificing crew members to avoid deadly contact, a.k.a. throw your uh, uh, crew members under the bus. Sounds great. Uh, game, uh, game makers Foxnet, D3Go, Theory Interactive, and Rival Games promise seven levels that feature, quote, challenging tasks using only the station's emergency systems while dealing with an unpredictable alien and crew. For Alien Blackout, players will control a holographic map, surveillance, cameras, and motion tracker as they attempt to escape the Xenomorph. In other words, the mobile game looks like Alien Isolation meets Five, Night Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, and there's more about uh, when it takes place. So... We're seeing more and more a shift towards mobile gaming, and we've seen it. We saw it, right? We saw it with uh, uh, Diablo Immortals. We've seen it with, I, I believe we saw a mobile game come out of Gears of War. I believe we saw it come out, uh, well, obviously we saw it with Fortnite and, and PUBG. 
Huge shift towards that style of gaming, not just for mobile phones, remember, but also for tablets. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of upset about this. This is definitely not what we were expecting when we saw uh, the the trademark for Alien Blackout come out, right? We didn't expect this to be the form it would come in. Everyone expected you know, a sequel, right? Another game, a, a Outlast 2 of Alien Isolations, uh, but this is not it. So... Yeah, I think a couple of people are, ex- are are a little upset. I think a couple of people are kind of bummed that it's going to be on mobile. I think it'll probably be a pretty good mobile game, and it'll probably sell really well and make quite a bit of money. But unfortunately, yeah, this is not the console-slash-PC version that we were looking for. So that's why we always have to make sure we really temper our expectations when we hear leaks or hear information about potential sequels coming up because we never really know exactly what they're going to be. You create an idea in your head about, about what it's going to be. You know, this is what... Alien Blackout is going to be. It's going to be everything that Isolation was, except except better. Uh, but, unfortunately, this is not that. So, let's hear from chat. Generally, people are not very happy about it. Stargaze says, first, I'm going to say it, mobile games suck. Lord Harpy says, mobile, ew. Def Venom says, ugh, goddamn phone games. Uh, glad to hear you're feeling better, mobile. Oh, yeah, Def is feeling better. There you go. Uh, okay. So, Bungalow says, speaking of Alien and subsequent games, what do you think about the direction that they're taking it in? I think they're taking it where they think uh, they can get the most return for the least amount of money, unfortunately. Obviously, the phone market is exploding, and for those who don't know, there is a market in China that make, just, just pumps out money when it comes to mobile games. I think consoles are a little bit less popular in China, whereas mobile gaming and mobile phones are way more connected and way more a part of everyday life there and so that i would expect this to do very well there so it's kind of unfortunate i had a lot of fun playing alien isolation on my xbox i'm not going to play alien blackout i don't i don't play mobile games my phone really doesn't have any space for them i don't really have any time for them so this is probably one that i'll pass over and so that's kind of a bummer so if you ask me what i think about it i think they're probably going to uh make i think it's going to do pretty well i think it's going to be a success and they might end up making more but I think I'm going to miss it, and I'm very bummed about that, right? I wanted to see a sequel. I wanted to spend more time in that universe, and I wanted to be, uh, what was her name, Ellen Ripley? I wanted to be Ellen Ripley, or is it is it Ellen? Hannah? One of the Ripleys. Which one is it? Amanda Ripley, right? So daughter of Ellen Ripley. So I, I wanted to be Amanda Ripley more, but I can't, so that's really a bummer. Uh, don't worry about pinging me, Bungalow. You can just you can just type. I can see all the chat right there, so don't don't feel like you need to tag me every time, bud. Uh, okay, so you forgot the big disappointment of Command and Conquer. That is correct. We're getting a Command and Conquer one as well. So uh, yes, mobile is coming and it is coming in hot. Gives you a little bit better reason, maybe, if you want to spend more time playing mobile games. If you wanted to pump up the uh, uh, the 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 power of the phone that you have, there. This is a this is a good case for getting a phone that's capable of playing some of these games. So. I don't know. For me, it's like it's it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, good for them, good for you. I appreciate what you're trying to do, and I appreciate what you're trying to accomplish. And from a development standpoint, I'm sure it's probably going to be really cool. They've they've brought up some really interesting ideas here as far as gameplay, but you've basically put it on a console that I never touch, right? So up until November, I had never had a PlayStation before, and so every time a PlayStation comes out, I say, oh great, uh, God of War or Spider Man. Like I'm really happy you guys were able to create that and and create this awesome experience for people. But that's off limits for me. That's 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 not something that I can be a part of. So unfortunately, this falls into that realm. Now I, I picked up a uh, PlayStation, so I'm not going to say that I'll never be able to play it. But for now, this is just oh, too bad. Stargate says when somebody tells me they're a gamer too because they play uh, 
they play some well, we'll say we'll say a mobile thing we'll say they play some mobile thing just shoot them in the head because you know it saves the environment wow geez that was hurtful uh hello crash welcome uh, I think it's going to move towards quantity over quality, but I feel like it's, uh, and I feel like it's causing more damage than they think it is over the whole of gaming. I would be curious, Bungalow, why you think it is damaging the gaming industry. I think the gaming industry is is uh, doing just fine, making more money than ever, and this is one thing you might not consider, but there is an entire massive volume of people that only play games on their phone. Something like 35% of the adult United States population only play, or they play games only on their phone. And so, yes, most of that is for like Clash of Clans or Candy Crush or things like that. But like this is hitting those people that they would, they might not have seen before. So, like I said, I'm happy for them. Cool. Good. You've made a game I, I, I won't play. So that's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, oh well. We'll see how they do. And I'm, I'm going to follow this game and see if it ends up being successful. I'm sure we'll get stats on it in, you know, three to five months. And, and we'll get some sort of post-op on it. And, you know, we'll see what goes from there. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Daft says, I think the bad side of things for mobile gaming have caused other markets to shift strategies and annoy people and cause controversy. Microtransactions and a lot. I think you're right in that a lot of, mo- a lot of microtransactions that we have and see in console and, and PC games have really been born in the freemium game space. So freemium games, meaning Candy Crush is free to download, but if you'd like to for this to go faster, pay X number of dollars. Or if you'd like to get this extra resource, pay X number of dollars. Or if you'd like to get this cosmetic, pay X number of dollars. Now, some of those I'm okay with. Some people have more money than time, and so if they want to pay for that kind of stuff, cool. If they want to just play the free game, cool. I'm generally okay with that. But when you see things like Call of Duty Blackout, coming at you with a three dollar microtransaction for a red dot site i don't know man that seems kind of rough so yeah maybe you're right that this is kind of a weird trend set but we'll see uh erico first of all hello welcome to chat good to have you here uh remember if you're a, uh, an audio listener and you'd like to be here live and have your questions read make sure you show up mixer.com slash tv available weeknights 8 p.m eastern time we'll see you there erico says hopefully they can use this cheap production cost, high revenue microtransactions to come up with the funding to make a triple A real follow-up. Ooh, I like that idea, right? Use this as the catalyst to get there. Uh, I have not seen an example of that take place. You know, let's make this okay game to fund the next game. One thing that might have done that was Fallout Shelter might have funded Fallout 76. Maybe, I don't know. But I mean, obviously the quality of Fallout Shelter had no bearing on Fallout 76 and that train wreck, and we're not going to talk about that, but I don't know. Possible. Oh, Plants vs. Zombies is a really good example from Daft Venom. Uh, I like that one as well. Uh, Stargate says, I could really go into a bigger conversation about how mobile games are, in fact, hurting the industry, but I think that's better for Discord, and I would love to talk to you more about it there. I think that's a really good conversation for the uh, games on games or even the locker room as well, so we'll get there. Uh, Nightmare Santa says, Angry Joe did make a video about this with the hold on moment when he discovered that they're still making a console PC alien game. Oh, good. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm glad that this is not exclusive. This is, this is just the next iteration, but maybe we'll get more follow-ups isolation in the future. So that's good. Uh, okay. So Stargaze here says, because of mobile gaming, the mid-tier level of games evaporated. I, uh, I don't know, man. That seemed, that seems unlikely i think i think uh the disappearance of double a games has to do more with uh 
the way that reviewers have basically shifted their review scores from one to 10 to basically seven to 10. And so games that are sevens and are now officially deemed bad. And I think that is what's caused the fallout of those mid-tier AA games. But again, that's a conversation for another time. So anyway, we're going to move on. And uh, there you go. All right, next. This is a big bummer for a lot of people. Nintendo has officially released information stating it wasn't like a big press release, but it, it, it confirms that Bowsette, the uh, meshing of Bowser and, uh, and, and Peach that happened, oh, when was this, over the summer, is officially not canon. So there was a item that showed up in, what, which Mario was it? I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this here. This will make it a lot easier. So this is from Kotaku from Gita Jackson. Here is the first heartbreak of 2019. Nintendo has officially made Bowsette non-canon. Last year, Nintendo announced that the Switch version of Super Mario Bros. U would feature a new item, the Super Crown, that turns Toadette into a Princess Peach-esque character called Peachette. Fans ran wild with this idea, imagining it on other Mario characters. In particular, fans became obsessed with the idea of Bowser wearing the super crown, turning him into a sexy princess in fetish gear. There's this great comic here of Mario and Bowser coming to Peach and then getting sad because she rejects Bowser and Bowser gets mad and puts on the crown and becomes Bowsette. According to the website for the new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, only Toadette can wear the super crown. Uh, this uh, picture right here is via Reset Era, making all imaginings of other characters wearing the Super Crown officially not approved by Nintendo. The description inexplicably, inexplicably apologizes to Luigi, which is a whole new layer of trolling Bowsette fans. So if you look at the description for the Super Crown on the Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe website, it says, When Toadette finds one of these Super Crowns, she can transform into the super-powered Peachette. Sorry, Luigi. Only Toadette can use this item. What does that have to do with Luigi? I have no idea. This is what weird. Crash says, I am not upset about this at all. Obviously, we saw we saw mountains of memes for, for Bowsette. Just crazy amounts of hypersexual peach with horns and, and fangs. And it was crazy how much the weird part of the internet the internet latched on to Bowsette. And uh, I, I think I'm going to side with Crash on this one. I'm not upset at all. This obviously is not canon. Obviously not part of the the happy family friendly Mario universe. So I'm man, I'm I'm actually very okay with this. That's good. Uh Stargaze says uh it finally reveals Nintendo's Nintendo hates for non-gender conformists. I mean that's is that a shock? Is that a shock that they just want things to be easy to understand for kids? I don't think it's a shock. Uh Daphnum says I've never understood this craze. It's bloody Bowser in rags. I mean, I get it. I If you would have asked me, like, would the internet latch onto Bowsette, I'd, I would say, of course they would. It's weird, and it's uh, obviously not what was intended for that item, so of course they want to run with it. And then, of, you know, you can make it crazy sexual, so of course people are going to make it sexual. That's one of the rules of the internet. Rule number, what was it, rule number, uh, was it 63? 30, rule, I think it's 63. One of those. Rule 34. Thank you, Nightmare Stanza, for that prompt response. He knows that one. Uh, but yeah, rule number 34. We're not going to go into that one here, but give that one a quick Google and you will find it. I assure you that Googling rule number 34 is generally suitable for work, but don't click on any of the links. So there you go. Jason says 63 and 34. Nice. There are many, many rules involving this sort of thing. So, Daphnm says, Ty Bowsette cosplay, I would not 
hold your breath on a Ty Bowsette cosplay. Sorry about that. Uh, okay. Jason says 63 is a gender swap. 34 is the, if it exists on the internet. If it exists, there is a porn of it. Just so you guys know. Uh, Jack. Oh, Jackal Brothers. How you doing? Good to have you in chat. Hello, hello. All right, so this was a bigger story. This one was super interesting, and I'm going to read this, and it's a lot of words, so I want you guys to bear with me, but I don't want to screw this up, and I want you to hear the whole story because there's a lot to unpack here, and we're actually going to spend a lot more time talking about this this weekend when we're creating the Hardcore Casuals Lounge podcast. That's more of a long-form podcast and more of a discussion. Uh, This is more of a news show here, so I'm going to read this to you, and we're going to talk about it for a bit and then go from there, so bear with me on this one. This is from gamesindustry.biz. This is from Rebecca Valentine, and it's called Overwatch Contenders Team. Uh, Overwatch Contenders being the league. So Overwatch Contenders Team apologizes after player fabricates identity. Second win team says team, quote, unfortunately overlooked crucial information when vetting alleged first female North American Overwatch Contenders player. Oh, boy. The Overwatch Contenders team, second win, has apologized after a series of events that revealed the apparent first female North American Overwatch Contenders player, who went by Ellie, was not who they said they were. Ellie was added to second win's roster as a substitute in late December after several other players departed for various reasons. Almost immediately, the player was harassed with accusations that they were not actually a female pro player, that they either did not have the experience that they... They said they did, or that a male pro player was posing as them instead. Screenshots posted to Ellie's Twitter account from a Discord conversation show another competitive Overwatch player, Haunt, threatening to dox them while egged on by others. The trouble came to a head late last week when Second Wind announced Ellie was departing from the team due to the harassment they faced. Following their department, or, sorry, following their departure, other Overwatch players continued to claim that Ellie was not who they say they were, but actually one or multiple other pro male players at the controls while young women while young or while a young woman played the face and voice of Ellie. The rumors turned out to be largely true, with Second Wind and Overwatch League both coming forward officially yesterday and today to say that Ellie was actually a different veteran player hiding their identity. The player behind Ellie has not yet been confirmed, though some play- some players and figures connected to the team have po- posited that it may be North American ladder player known as Punisher. Esports consultant Rod Brazlau tweeted yesterday, in a conversation between Punisher and another woman player, Katsui, Punisher proposed playing the persona of Ellie as a, quote, social experiment. Similar phrasing was used by Overwatch streamer Aspen during a Twitch stream yesterday, also crediting Punisher with the incident. In a published statement on TwitLonger, Second Wind claims that the team had no knowledge of Ellie and was had no knowledge that Ellie was not who they said they were, but that the team's vetting process for a new player was accelerated and not as though as thorough as it could have been as the team was in a hurry to find substitutes for players it had recently lost and underestimated the need to set an example to be the first, uh, first American contenders team with a woman as a member. As a team, we admit we handled this poorly. The statement reads, we could have been, we, we could have, uh, More could have been done to support our players, but we had found ourselves unprepared for the attention Ellie got upon their onboarding. We had full faith in them. Due to our desperation to fill a roster, we unfortunately overlooked crucial information that should have been paid more attention to. We did not properly allocate enough time to communicate with the public as a means to support our players, and as a a result, uh, caused more questioning than we could have been avoided. Oh my goodness. That's the end for now, but wow! Wow! 
So it turns out, according to this statement here, that a player, uh, uh, potentially a player named Punisher, posed as someone named Ellie, played that account, but then they had another female player be the face and the voice of Ellie, and they were going to play on this team and, you know, quote-unquote, be the first North American female player in the Contenders League. But And then somehow they slipped past, like, the, the initial vetting of, of actually being who they said they were for this uh, second win team. And then somehow it finally got... Like, this is ridiculous, dude. Man, why would you do this? <laughs> yeah, social experiment might be a bit generous for the person's intentions from my opinions on this, says Nightmare Stanza. Dude, this is just a straight troll, dude. And uh, this is very frustrating. Uh, Stargate says, this also feels like uh, not a big deal. However, I controversially don't see esports as a legitimate sport. Esports has very far to go uh, to look like a viable sport to me, but that's me and I'll be hated for it. I don't think you'll be hated for it. I think there's quite a few people who would agree with you. But uh, my, my thing here, my big problem here, and I'm sure we'll have lots of interesting thoughts and conversations about this this weekend. Like I said, don't forget Hardcore Casuals, thehardcorecasuals.com. We have the Hardcore Casuals podcast. It'll be available on Monday. Uh, my big issue here is that these players thought it would be funny to pretend to be a female player and streamer and to, you know, potentially give rise to hope for women that may potentially want to be in the Overwatch League in the future. And instead of being, instead of a woman being the figurehead for the creation of this legitimacy, they basically created a fake character that then craps on the idea of women being within that league in the future. And it was just such a, a negative trolly kind of harsh thing that these people did. And they, you know, yeah, they do it in the name of a joke in the name of a prank and blah, you know, it's all, it's hilarious, blah, blah, blah. But it just got taken so far and so far beyond what needed to be done to, in order to make some sort of statement. Uh, I, I also shame on second wind you, yeah, oh, oh, you think you do, You should vet your players before uh, you allow them to be a part of your team, that that you should at least have a FaceTime with them and to, to see if they're actually who they say they are or do some sort of live stream with them to make sure, like, yeah, okay, I really hope this is the person we're going to pay and have on our team and be the first female American, you know, North American player in the overall. Like, this, this is a big deal. Uh, and somehow these, you know, these guys, these esports players made it through. It's, it's a bummer. So what kind of statement were they trying to make? I, I maybe just, dude, Charlotte, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish to be a troll, to, to, to show, maybe they were trying to show the kind of backlash that women get when they are in the, the league. There was a lot of articles that came out last week, like, oh, this female player is being harassed to death. And this is, this is indicative of the entire gaming culture. And then it turned out that like the the hate speech that was coming out or, or the the anger that was coming out to this player was actually well founded and so it's just this whole cluster of just nastiness and anger and i feel like it sets a really bad example for you know our community you know i want i want the gaming community to be supportive to be uh to lift each other up to to push each other forward in the creation of content for viewers and instead people are pretending to be people of the other gender so that they can elicit a response to create negative content that puts people down instead of lifts people up and that i think that probably most succinctly makes the case for why i'm upset now let's see big bugalo says uh, i hate when people that grief and troll just to be toxic 
make gaming not as fun and make it less enticing to do certain things. 100%, dude. 100% I agree. Uh, Nightmare says, like the LGTB person raging about being, uh, being misgendered in a GameStop. I actually don't know that story, so I can't really comment on it, unfortunately. Uh, Stargate says, I come back to, it's a game and it's harsh, but wow. Go into any online multiplayer experience and see how people talk about LGBT people. Unfortunately, that is, uh, I, again, that's not something I experienced, but I, I trust you and your experience. And if you say that it is uh, pretty still still pretty rough out there in the Wild West, then I believe you. Unfortunately so. Uh, Charlotte says two star guys. I think it's all, uh, I think it's on all of us to be conscientious as gamers, to not tolerate that nonsense. So actually Charlotte brings up a really good point. And I want to talk about that for a second. I think, so you, let me, let me start like this. You guys, many of you that are here in chat right now are fully aware that, um, I make a lot of content with another streamer named big daddy teach. And obviously he is, he is come to be one of my best friends if not if not my best friend on the platform he and i make content together all the time he and i talk off stream all the time not just about the content that we make but also how we go about making it uh, our strategy uh what we're trying to accomplish and one of the things that we always talk about always focus on always make sure is part of the conversation is how do we make sure that this community you guys and, and, and new people that come into this community uh, maintain a level of positivity and of acceptiveness and of welcoming and of lifting everybody up and not anything outside of that. I think you all have seen really good examples of us trying to foster uh, uh, worlds of peace within our little within our little neighborhood, right? So you notice that our discords are always maintaining positivity, already always trying to make sure that other people are, are helpful, are welcoming, are positive. And I think that that has directly uh, folded into the community of it itself. So you see lots and lots of people here uh, talking to each other in a way that I think is, is very supportive and very indicative of our community. So, uh, I think that how people treat each other, especially in a place like the TIE Fighter TV Discord, the TIE Fighter TV chat, the Big Daddy Teach Discord and chat, I think that I think that the community and how they treat the people that are around them is directly indicative and directly the responsibility of the streamers and the people that run those communities. And so we work really hard to make sure that our community is a positive and supportive place and we don't have time. We don't uh, want to deal with. We don't. We, we want to make sure we are purposefully seeking out and removing things that are taking people down. And I think uh, I think that it is up to other community members to do the exact same thing. And so, if these people that have done this sort of like trolling kind of nastiness are able to get away with it, I think that is in the hands of the people that run those communities. I don't know what community like what community leaders there are out there, whether it's the coaches for the teams or the people that run the organizations or what have you. I think it's up to them because people's what people think is okay and what people think is funny is a lot of times determined by the people who are leaders in their you know in their circles. And if if leaders in in circles are not willing to purposefully call out people for being dicks, then the, then this kind of thing should be expected. So unfortunately that, that is where we are at. So like I said, we'll talk about it more this weekend. If you haven't yet, make sure you check out the hardcore casuals lounge. You can find those podcasts at the hardcore So make sure you check that out. But until then we are moving on to more interesting things. 
Uh, we have a couple new people here in chat. First of all, hello, everyone. Good to see you all here. Wonderful, wonderful to have you all here. Uh, I want to say hello to each and every one of you individually, and I will do so in a little bit uh, as soon as the podcast is over. I love you guys. You guys are great. Uh, we get a couple of uh, I love the communities, and I want you guys to know I value and and adore every one of you and, and all that you guys uh, all that you guys do and all that you guys help each other with. And I constantly see everyone asking questions in chat and getting their questions answered and getting their getting their hopes and dreams fulfilled uh, by other members of the community. I want you to know, like, I, I can't put a price on that because it's so, so valuable to me and to other members of the community. So thank you guys so much. Moving on. We got two more, two more, and they're a little bit lighter. None of, neither of these are trolly. Both of them are kind of fun uh, before we get going. So first of all, this is from Game Informer uh, by Ermin Khan. Uh, sorry, Imran Khan. Let me get this right. Imran Khan. Khan of Game Informer. A massive Dark Souls fan mod remixes the entire game. So, ever since Dark Souls became popular on PC, fans have modded it. From fixing the PC port to making enemies so strikingly aggressive that they come looking for you the second they load into the world. A brand new fan mod changes the game dramatically, remixing it in such a way that the PC community is seeing an uptick in activity in From Software's Old Souls title. The mod titled Daughters of Ash heavily remixes the entire game by moving basically everything around. Pretty much every item, enemy, boss, and event is moved around or we or reworked for mechanics. Posted on Reddit, the creator Grimrook estimates that the mod is the culmination of 1,000 hours of work, but it is entirely based on things already in Dark Souls. There are no new enemies or bosses ported from other Dark Souls games here. For example, players are intimately familiar with dodging the Asylum Demon at the beginning of the game and returning from a floor above where they can plunge attack his face. I remember that. In Daughters of Ash, Asylum Demon opens up the floor upon his first appearance, meaning players are at risk of following, following him down the hole where the incredibly powerful stray demon awaits. One fall in the gigantic hole in the center of the arena means instant death. Other players move around shop, or sorry, other changes move around shopkeepers, put enemies in new ambush spots, and make boss fights out of some of the game's wandering demons. The mod's website can be found here. If you're looking for more information on it, it's obviously PC only, but Grimrook expects it to get ported over to Dark Souls Remastered sometime this year. Cool. So you guys know I'm a big Dark Souls fan. Uh, I've gone through one, two, three. Uh, I've, I bought Bloodborne for PS4, so that's good. I'm currently playing through Ashen, which, uh, which I think is, you know, directly pulls from, from Dark Souls. It obviously is very closely does uh i've played uh lord of the fallen i wanted to play the surge really bad but i didn't and pretty much every other souls type game that i could get my hands on uh jason asks if i play ds2 or scholar of the first sin both both uh, i had d2 on xbox 360 i got scholar for 360 because i didn't want it to get left behind so there you go uh, i liked i actually liked scholar a little bit better but they were both really good i put more time into d2 or DS2 than, than any one of the other ones. But there you go. So I just think this is really cool. A thousand hours of work to create a mod that completely remixes the game. That's unreal. That's crazy. Especially when you compare it to other games that basically have no modding communities. Someone took the time. Someone spent, you know, three times more time than I have spent in Destiny, which is a lot, to take a game that has basically already outlived its entire life cycle 
and flip it on its head. And that's really, really cool. And I, I really think you guys should Google this. There are a lot of videos of little pieces of content that have slipped through, you know, things that you can see that are different. So if any of you have played Dark Souls, and I know some of you have, um, you may remember the uh, stone demon at the bottom of the stairs below the blacksmith. And he's not really a boss, but he's a boss. And so if you, if you go down below the blacksmith, you see that stone demon down there and you can fight him and he's got the big kind of kind of sweeping staff and he could do, do the lightning bolts and he can jump, but he's got like this big long stone tail thing. Anyway, I saw this, this boss fight of him. They basically, you fight him for a while, but then like a part of the way through the fight, he disappears and then like a ghost of him disappears and you fight the ghost for a little while and then he comes back and then the ghost comes back and it turns into like this whole big thing and it's really, really cool. It changes his name. It gives him a boss health bar, which is really cool. Uh, definitely worth checking out. I, I'm very impressed by this. I don't have Dark Souls on my PC, so I won't be able to experience it, unfortunately. But I'm very interested to just keep looking up YouTube videos and keep looking up clips just to see kind of what they brought to the table. It's very cool. So... Let's see. Jason said that uh, I like parts of Scholar, but some areas are just terrible. <clears throat> Iron Keep. Dude, yeah, Iron Keep was such a disappointment. But that was in Dark Souls 2. So, I wonder if they made Izalith better. I sure hope. That was another another, uh, another letdown. I did not like Izalith. That's okay. Finally, last, uh, last uh, story is actually a callback to a story that we had. I don't think it was on the last CTG. I think it was on the one before that. But, here we go, guys. I got some bad news. You guys remember me talking about the Soldier Boy Soldier Game console? Well, the unexpected has happened. Less than a month after selling rebranded emulators as Soldier Game consoles and handhelds, Soldier Boy has removed the devices from his online storefront. Reported by Rolling Stone, Soldier Boy removed the devices late last month with the SoldierGame.com URL now redirecting visitors to Nintendo webpage. <laughs> What? Do you think Nintendo stepped in on their IP? What? <laughs> so upon removing the devices, he posted on Twitter, quote, I had to boss up. I didn't have a choice. Soldier Boy. The day before, Soldier Boy was adamant that the consoles and handhelds were legitimate, saying in a now-deleted tweet, for anyone who thinks that Nintendo is going to sue me, nothing's going to happen. Everything is legit. My console isn't going anywhere. Trust me. Now, to what degree Nintendo became involved in the issue is unknown. Uh, in a previous interview with Rolling Stone, Soldier Boy said, honestly, sorry, quote, honestly, I feel that everything is 100% legit and there will be no reason for any legal ramifications or anything like that. Honestly, I don't have any worries at all, any concerns, because everything we're doing is legit. It's been researched. Everything has been basically confirmed that it's a green light and we're good. It's basically the people from the outside looking in that aren't understanding the type of deals that were made behind the scenes uh, that are worried. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I'm going to finish this. There's one more paragraph. I'm going to finish this. Soldier Boy began selling Soldier Game consoles and the Soldier Game handhelds on his personal storefront, Soldier Watch, earlier last month. It became readily clear that those weren't original devices, but rather rebranded emulator consoles that can be found elsewhere. Both devices played numerous licensed titles and used licensed IP to advertise, including Tekken, Tomb Raider, and various Nintendo games. 
though it's more clear than ever that these weren't being used with permission. Nintendo has a history of issuing lawsuits against those who use its properties illegally, which includes multiple emulator sites, and ultimately winning a lawsuit against two ROM hosting sites for over 12 million bucks. Yeah, Stargate says, ruh ro. So, guys, here's a, here's a little tidbit for you. Let me give you a little lesson in uh, how to do stuff. Number one, don't use IP from other people without asking. Number two, don't use it as the basis for all of your advertising. And, uh, and number three, don't come out two days before you're going to change your website and say, it's cool, everything's 100%. <laughs> it's legit, I promise. So... And, and thus ends, I, I wish I had some funeral music to play, but I don't. Uh, but thus ends the, uh, the life of the soldier game and all of the wonderful experiences we could have had with it. So there you go. Jason says, most importantly, don't mess with Nintendo. Tell me about it. They don't mess around. They, uh, they protect their IP ruthlessly. So, yeah, there you go. Nightmare says, number four, don't be a punk about it. <laughs> I'd like to think he was being at least fairly respectful well kind of maybe not stargaze says i use a cold place on your intro don't tell don't tell this hopefully this is a little different since i'm not selling it yet anyway guys that's it for the podcast tonight thank you so much for joining me and for your questions and comments and concerns it was great having you all here this is a great first episode back and I think, like I said before, I think I want to try and make this uh, twice a week. So we can look forward to this one again on Friday. Uh, So thank you, everyone. I will get this episode posted uh, probably tonight after stream. If not, uh, I'll get it posted tomorrow. So it'll be up on podcast services uh, as soon as possible. I'll make sure to let you know via Discord and such when it is available. It'll also be on YouTube.com slash TimeFighterTV if you'd like to watch. Uh, I've tried to make the chat visible, kind of, so you can kind of see what's going on, but my head kind of gets in the way sometimes, so maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, But otherwise, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're listening via audio, I love and appreciate you, and if you'd like to be a part of the conversation and be a part of chat, make sure you come in to Mixer.com slash TV weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern. That is when we do these recordings, and then we move on to game streaming after that. So we'd love to have you here. Uh, Thank you, everyone, and that'll be the end of the podcast. Hope you have a good one, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace!